With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know what? We give you such great content. We've had everyone on here from Michael B. Jordan to Ava DuVernay. My, we, Michelle. Michelle Yo. Yes. We've discovered Henry Golden. <laughs> We've had Oscar winners. We've had Oscar winners. Emmy winners. Emmy winners. <laughs> Tony winners. Golden Globe winners. The it's least you could the do. The least you could do. There's a rating system. And we would love for you just to click on five stars for us. <laughs> and leave a comment. Only if they're nice, Nice though. comments Nice only. comment. And you know... You know, we're very fragile. No, I'm just we're very fragile. We're journalists, so we're fragile. <laughs> but yeah, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Rate us five stars. Tell your friends yeah. about tell this you, show. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Recommend it you to know, everybody. Sit down with your parents. Listen to this over dinner while you're eating food. After <laughs> 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 you eat dinner. But yeah, please rate us. Give us five stars and leave us a comment or two. It will be very much appreciated. Okay. Hello, welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. My name is Dina Ray Ramos. And I'm Amanda <laughs> Nduka. This week we have Hentify creators, Martin, Marvin, not Martin, mm-hmm. Marvin Lemus and Linda Yvette Chavez. And they are spectacular. Yes, they're hilarious. Yeah. They're, the show, if you haven't seen it, is on Netflix. Yes. It's about it's a it's a Latinx show. It's about a family, um I guess it's Boyle Heights and Boyle Heights, yeah. It's um a, a grandpa and his three his three oh right. and cousins. They're they're cousins. They're, they're like, three cousins and you know, so. it kind of centers around this uh taco shop that the grandpa uh, owns and then it covers um, topics yeah. of gentrification and especially uh, Latinx identity. I think I don't even think you have to be an immigrant or or no. a, a person of color to relate to this. But at the same time, if you are, you can relate right. like, to specific things. Right. Yeah. No. Like we talked about the other day, like watching shows and like even if it's not your specific culture, like it's so easy to see, especially if you're an immigrant or a first generation. Or yeah. It's so easy to see. Oh, we're talking about Little Mary. It's in Little yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so easy to see characteristics of what you grew up with in other in other communities. Mm-hmm. So that's and then, yeah, and then even you know we mentioned this during this episode you know like how a lot of us grew up without seeing representation of our own cultures and how we gravitated to certain things because in a way it was the closest thing like you know Linda and I were we we were talking about you know relating to black centered families because that was like oh they're different like me right like yeah yeah, you see like the it's like you see the full house ones I'm like "Mm, there's nothing like I'm not anything like that well as soon as the Asian dude showed up remember when (laughs) 
<laughs> Stephanie had her friend. That, uh, Harry. Harry. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and they brought him back for the uh, new wait, one. Wait, also there was... Uh, Michelle had the black friend of, of oh Journey. yeah Journey's character so they yeah they, <laughs> they sprinkled a little some, bit they sprinkled they a little some bit color in there <laughs> but but um but, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's 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 a it's a show that like I like I said I feel like a lot of people can read it and it's quite cool because we're seeing the surgeons of like Latinx shows yes, we have Vita we one, have day, this, uh, one day at a time yeah. Um, all of them are friends of the podcast. Right, We've had exactly. Had Gloria on, Tanya look, on. Look at that. Linda and uh, now Linda and Marvin. But, yeah. yeah. So without further adieu, here are Marvin and Linda. Wrong Asian. I know. Okay. I'm like, I'm very much like, like this is this Wu-Tang and it says Wakanda on it. Um, <laughs> that's cool. That's you, my you Beyonce one. Hair. What does it say? Wrong Asian? <laughs> yeah, wrong Asian. Beyonce, what is that? So that's like Beyonce? someone, a uh, wrong Asian a, a girl created this because she would always go to events and then they would mistake ah. her. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so when it happens she, to you, you can just yeah, point to it? She made this. And then um, sold it on Etsy, and it sold out within like what? an hour. That's yeah. awesome. And then she kept on making them, and it That's helps funny. because <laughs> that shit happens to me. I know it's yeah, exactly. I, and also, I'm Filipino, so Filipino is very much like a spectrum. I could look <laughs> at like anything, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. yeah. They come to you like, are you the Mexican I'm looking for? Yeah, no, I've got, and I grew up in San Antonio, so yeah. uh, you speak Spanish. I mean, I understand. Like, I grew up a lot around a lot of Latino people, but I don't speak, and I okay. took Spanish in high school. Sure, S- Spanish AP, y'all. Uh, <laughs> AP. I can get around. I can Listen, That is a pass. That's Spanish. There's words that are similar in Tagalog. Yeah, very uh, much. Like what? Like, we are both co- colonized by the same the people. Spanish. The same. Yeah, <laughs> the same yeah. disease. A uh, lot of my friends are Filipino. Like, good. All We're, in the community. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, Linda and Marvin, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. For recording. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us. I figured, us. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I figured um, da- David, because yeah. you just said. But yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's just jump right into it. For those people who, for those that are not familiar with your show, can you give us a bit of a, a broad stroke of what it's about? What, how did it come Ooh. about? Yeah. It's the best show that's ever come out of TV. Uh, let's start there. Yes. Let's fucking put it all out okay. there. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm humble cap off. No, no, no yes. exactly. Do I what know. you like. Sell it. Sell it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Hentified is a show about like a Latino family in Boyle Heights. It's about three cousins, like kind of estranged, and they are helping their grandfather, who's had a taco shop in Boyle Heights for 30 years, save it from gentrification, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it's a dramedy, it's a, and it's about um, just intergenerational uh, Latino families, Mexican-Americans, like... It's about living, it's about identity and it's about living between worlds. And I think as first gen kids, that's something that we talk a lot about. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for us being Mexican American always means, tends to mean not being American enough and not being Mexican Mm -hmm. enough. And, or Guatemalan enough. Or Guatemalan, Mexican Guatemalan. I always make him claim his Guatemalan. I'm like, don't forget. I forget. Your Central Americans are looking to you. (laughs) They are. No, and lately, is it your mom's side or your dad's dad's side? Okay, yeah. But my parents, there's a reason. There's a reason. My parents split when I was young, so I grew up with my mom's side of the family. Okay. Like I didn't get to He's like reclaim- for the He's longest. Reclaiming that. I'm reclaiming it. I'm okay. working on it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. growing up, I just thought Guatemala was just another Mexico. Like, I just thought it was 
same thing. <laughs> I did. No, but I know. It's yeah. like this whole thing about, you know, the monolith of certain cultures. Like, mm-hmm. Asian is a monolith. Yeah. yeah. Latino is a monolith. You know, yeah. being black. Yeah. Exactly. Like every, we all have the same experience. <laughs> right. It's so yeah. untrue. You Even know? Mexico. Like, yeah. I grew up, when the first time I went oh, to, sorry. finally went to Mexico and being there, I was just like, yo, this looks nothing like everything I always see in movies. All the cartels mm-hmm. in the yeah. show. All the cartels. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not just Where desert everywhere. Like, there's yeah, like, right. no more all the cities and, and art. Drugs. And then a guy with sunglasses and an <laughs> <laughs> open shirt. With some chains and hair. So yeah. did, did you guys grow up? Uh, you grew up. You grew up here first, first gen, right? right? What, where did you guys grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Norwalk, which is like a little south of downtown LA. But okay, my family so. all immigrated. Well, my family's from Mexico. My my mom's from Juarez, and my dad's from Guadalajara, and they all immigrated to East LA. So mm. a lot of my cousins were born and raised in East LA, and, and like my brother was a general, born in General Hospital. So I, it's been a lot of time going between worlds, but. Yeah, Norwalk. I'm from Norwalk. No. <laughs> I'm rapping because I had to represent for my Norwalk yeah. people. They're all showing up to all the Southeast LA like Latinos are like, we're Yo. here too. Like we exist. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not only in East LA. We're everywhere. That's so funny because like since the show's dropped, I like I I mean I've always owned Bakersfield. So I'm from Bakersfield, California. Yeah. 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 Own yeah. it. Own yeah. Bakersfield. Oh, I own Guatemala. <laughs> own it all. Own Guatemala. It, but I because since the show's dropped, like people, Bakersfield will also be oh, they the local through? news. The local <laughs> oh, news did a story on me. <laughs> they did oh, they're oh, like Bakersfield boy, local, local, local hero, yeah, like a local hero, it's like local, hexified co-creator. Well, listen, before me, all we had was well, there was Corn the band. Okay, <laughs> oh Corn, oh. they're from Bakersfield. Yeah, oh really? And they yeah. were a TRL mainstay. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> Corn, it was Buck Owens, who's a country legend. But okay. like, you know, well, okay. you know Corn and like, you, Corn and me. There, there you go. go. And Bucko? Buck Owens. Buck Owens. Buck Owens. Buck Owens. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, as a Bakersfieldian, Bakersfield. Buck Owens has some. He has some bangers. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna lie. There's some. He listens to a lot of country. I'm not gonna lie. He has me. Well, well, you know, from Texas, we're actually both from Texas. Really? Oh, I got family in Texas. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, country, yeah. I, I still, I still listen to a lot of country. Did, Did you? you listen to? No, I was not, more, not even a little bit. I mean, I think, I think I know a couple of like Shania Twain songs. Okay, yeah, because sure. oh, she yeah, was like yeah, cross. Yeah. She was okay, like she Taylor was Swift cro- before yeah, yeah, Taylor okay. Swift was Taylor. I know yes. some Garth Brooks songs too. Oh, my but like, family is very country. into country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Dallas. So Dallas is dance. not is very like it's more yeah. progressive. But we have to line I grew up in the suburbs. No, oh. but Bakersfield's very country yeah. conservative. Like, they love their country music. I don't love country music. Like, most, it's very, like, it's, I like the old stuff. The ones that when white people still had stuff to p- complain about. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like, the story t- I love the storytelling in, yeah. in, 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 country uh, music. in country music. Yeah, there's, 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 there's like an arc. Music. There's a narrative arc. <laughs> it's, usually a, it's usually about breakups, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so about, sad. Like, there's like, Garth Brooks has this one song called Unanswered Prayers, and he it's him oh, just basically Garth. talking about how he's thinking God for not answering his prayers because otherwise he wouldn't have met his wife. Aww, Ooh, which is like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, you almost made me cry. I was like, I was like oh my I God. Know, right? We're all like, aw. He's like, get the fuck out of my face. Um, but speaking of growing up, what were what, what was what was the Latinx representation that you guys saw growing up and how did it sort of affect your careers? It's crazy. I feel like we get this question a lot mm-hmm. and it's so funny to me that I sit and I like blank because mm. I'm like, I really didn't have a lot to point to. There's like a lot of, you know, the classic stuff that's Latinx, which is like, you know, Ugly Betty, the George Lopez show, a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
was a little later in my yeah. life, but as a child, I didn't really have much. A lot of the shows that I resonated with that really in no way is my experience, but the experience of otherness was something that I could resonate with was a lot of like black leading shows mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like Family Matters, right. The Fresh Prince Fresh of Bel-Air, yeah. like hearing conversations around otherness was something that I really resonated with. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that feels more like an experience that my family has gone through than a lot of the white shows that I would see. Yeah. But like, yeah. I would watch the white shows. I'd be like, that's hilarious. Uh, what, would, right. what, <laughs> what, do, what do they do in those households? Right. Wow. Like you just were like no, fascinated by like, those. You can actually yell at your parents and not get in trouble. Yes, <laughs> no, things yeah. Things like that. People it was, do that. it felt yeah. boring. It was like a nice thing to yeah. watch. Cause you were like, that's crazy. They do but that. But it would never happen in my family. But it was like not relatable yeah. to me yeah. as yeah. you know, as a Latina. And so there wasn't much. I think a lot of that stuff came later, which was beautiful. I Mm -hmm. I think I talked about, like, In the Heights was, like, such a North Star for me as a creative. But that was once I was already, like, I can write write about my people. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, like, Mm -hmm. things like that. But Yeah. I mean, UPN was on at my house all the time. Yeah. That was where I was at. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Wayne Brothers. Brothers. Next Top Model. Yeah. Was that rewrite? He still watches. I watch like all like fifty thousand cycles. There's so many cycles. There's trash. And then they they canceled it and they brought it back. And I was like, who? With Rita Ora. Yeah. And I'm like, who asked them to bring it back? Okay, Rita Ora. You ain't no Tyra. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it makes sense. It's like uh, that. You know, I think it was the same way for a lot of people. It's like all because we didn't have. I, there was definitely no Filipino culture then, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. and the closest thing that looked like me or I related to we gravitated to like these black families and you know yeah. and you know family matters and like dare I say the Cosby show before problematic yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, it, make, it makes perfect sense right, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was, I think yeah it was a thing that I mean, I mean aside, from, too, yeah. aside from that, yeah, I mean, well, then later on, well, I was, for me, George Lopez, like, once mm-hmm. I was, like, 12, 13, I saw his stand-up for the first time, and I was like, holy shit. I, mm-hmm. I grew up obsessed with stand-up and mm-hmm. comedy in general. Like, mm-hmm. I just, like, I loved watching comedy and comedians, and that's definitely some place where you did find more POC and more Latinos and, and folks that, are like, just, like, they were speaking to my experience right. a little more versus entire shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up like I mean back in the day when Comedy Central was just like marathoning stand up you know mm-hmm. and that's what I was just watching mm-hmm. especially because I grew up moving a lot so I was the new kid all the damn mm-hmm. time and so I like had to get good at like I was like I'm making friends I'm not eating lunch alone today like I need mm-hmm. to like crack some jokes and so mm-hmm. um, wait were you guys stealing the cable <laughs> I because I was like you had money for cable because <laughs> we did it I was no, like we did it we did it I we, was processing usually, I was like how come I didn't see comedy <laughs> shows <laughs> we had cable <laughs> um, was because so I not always later in life my mom started making more money and so she so we oh, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. but there would be long stretches where we didn't have cable especially when we lived at my grandma's house yeah and it was like it was miserable and in Bakersfield there's nothing no, to do nothing yeah. and to summer do. vacations were like we didn't everybody's working we just stayed at our house doing nothing <laughs> under like the, we didn't have AC there's just a swamp cooler so we're just like laying on the under the swamp cooler trying not to die of over <laughs> no. overheating wow. um, so yeah so cable was in the, a must <laughs> okay, <laughs> to survive it. the biggest it, summers it. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's when we would have it she's like oh, summer vacation's coming out okay let me let me hook up the cable like you mm. know oh. um, so so yeah so I got to watch a lot of the stand up that way but um, but yeah I didn't see that and so but but uh, different from Linda I think like from my experience was like I definitely watched plenty of Full House mm-hmm. and like a lot of the white shows or like the Arrested Developments and the Mm-mm. like all those other comedies 
um, because my family wanted to assimilate. Like my mom was yeah. like, "We're gonna, you're, we're, you have to assimilate. We're gonna mm. be American. We're gonna be successful. You're gonna have everything right. that like we couldn't have back home, back in you know Mexico." And um, and so for me, that turned into instead of watching it and not relating and being like, "I'm gonna turn it off." For me, it turned into just like, "Why aren't we like this? Why aren't we normal? Yeah. Why do we fucking stay up all night on Christmas instead of you know yeah. waking up the next morning yeah. and opening presents yeah. like?" Like it, it made me start to feel like the other, and like I was just like, "There's something wrong with me. Right? Oh, There's something wrong with my right. family." Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, "We don't look or, or yeah. do things the way that they do it on TV." I, do, I remember that feeling too. Like it's like yeah. I don't look like this. Like it's, is it? Do, what do I need to do to sort of like look like these? Or yeah, or like, or like have their hair, or yeah. like have their yeah. food. It's like on Fresh Off the Boat, like one of the first episodes, he was taking like Asian food to yeah. lunch, and he wanted to have yeah. like a bologna sandwich. I remember yeah. doing right? that too, yeah. and I remember being I remember so embarrassed. Thinking, yeah, yeah because and now like you're like, oh, I, I will eat this stinky ass <laughs> no, shit in a movie theater. <laughs> People I, are I like, what restaurant is that from? <laughs> like, it's like foodie moms. culture. Oh <laughs> um, so, but for you two, was it so you when you wanted to when you to- told your parents, I guess, that you wanted to be in the entertainment industry? What was sort of that? Because you, you know what, first generation being first generation, it's always like we we want you to have the best but, and be like the, the best. The try the the the, 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 the doctors the, and the lawyers, and they want you to do that. So, like when you yeah. say, I want to be in entertainment, I want to be, right. a, you know, what was that? What was that like for you guys? Well, I think we had a kind of a different experience. <laughs> It's like, it's funny because it's from most kids. I saw that experience a lot amongst my cousins Mm. who, like, had a hard time. But for me, as a kid, I was always the little responsible one. So Mm. I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Mm. And my parents were like, pero mija, I think you're a writer. And I'd be like, wow, this this is why we're broke. I'm going to be a lawyer and we're going to, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to save us all from Mm. poverty and we're going to have a mansion. And it was a thing that I felt a huge responsibility, even as a little kid, that, Mm. like, I need to save my family Mm. was... I think it was the opposite effect where, like, I was in this country. And you talk about those shows, and I, I for me, it was about the class more than anything. It's right. like seeing them have the money to do mm-hmm. certain things that I knew our family couldn't do, like take crazy vacations to Disney World. Yep. Like, every freaking ABC show. I'm like, they so bought rich. tickets for everybody? Yes. Like, <laughs> go to Disneyland? I'm like, we're at the Disneyland parking lot having our, like, tamales in the parking lot at lunchtime. No, but, like, it was that for me. It was like, I, I was like, I, I want to save us. And so my family telling me, I think you're a writer. They didn't have any concept of, like, whether or not what that success would look like. They mm. just had faith that, like, she'll figure it out wow. somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that as an adult, they were, like, moments, had their moments where, like, so when does the money start coming in? Like, we're <laughs> right? giving you like, some time. And, and they did see that struggle, and they did start to worry. And, and I think they didn't understand what being an artist was really like because mm-hmm. they didn't really have any concept of that. From In my family, we right. didn't have any successful career artist like they they just thought oh it's like the people on tv you you're gonna make a bunch of money someday but once they saw me getting into my career they started seeing the and it's not the struggle the pain the like the frustration like the they then they were kind of like okay like we still have faith <laughs> in you we still have faith we still believe in that but i think for them more than anything was the degrees like i have a degree i have a couple of degrees from stanford and stuff and they really killed themselves to mm. help support me through that not financially in terms of like just like driving me up well, to drop right, me off right. like doing whatever they could within their means yeah. to support me and so i think for them to see something around that payoff was really important mm. to them and so I, it came for me later in life yeah, yeah. With, with, like with the series, you know, Hunt to Bite. I mean, I, I was like when uh, when I first saw it, I was just like, oh, you know, 
I kind of expected what it was going to be, but then it kind of surpassed what I thought it was going to be. Because I personally connected with Eric. uh, Mm. I think a lot of uh, you know, being called coconut or like oh know. Chris, oh Chris, Chris, sorry, yeah, yeah, no, you're good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, mm-hmm. no, but I, I really <laughs> no, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. No, no, I'm, I'm really no, bad kidding. with character. No, names. I'm kidding, but I was gonna say, wow, would you connect with Eric? Oh, no, on? I, I, was know, like, I was like curious. Chris, too, Eric, okay, okay, but no, with the with the the coconut, <laughs> <laughs> with the coconut. Sorry, uh, because. I hung out with mostly white people, yeah. and mm. you know I had no connection with my culture. And mm. then you know I, it wasn't until college that I realized, oh my god, I'm I am different. And like the, the I remember in high school, my friends quote unquote would make jokes. They'd be all, hey, do you know what are you having for dinner, dog? <gasps> right, your friends, right? Yeah, but friends? it was like no, a, no, it was like a, oh my god, yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but now you look back. <laughs> So I no, right? I totally relate to that. No, that's exactly Chris. So Chris is Linda yeah. was just saying he's the made for TV Marvin. Mm. Um, oh, I, like the skinny version. The skinny, <laughs> the skinny one. The TV version. I know. We're gonna I, we're gonna have to put a ban on that joke because I'm over that one. That one we is call too far. Gorditas all the time. I know, I know. But no, so he's the made for TV Marvin. I mean, I grew up the same way. Like yeah. Chris, me and Chris are like very mm. similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I but for me it was I grew up like you're talking about. You know, you're asking about mm, us having cable. We grew up moving between like white suburbs and like you know we were like uh, Chappelle has this joke of like we weren't in poverty but like my parents made enough for me to grow up poor around white people you know oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, and oh, yeah, so like we sense. would yeah. move into like white suburbs and like when I was seven I moved to Boise Idaho which is why Chris is from Idaho mm. my dad still lives out there I have a little brother that like was born and raised in Boise and um and so I that was for me the culture shock like from a very young age of like being thrown in I'm like and realizing like oh shit like I am not white and right. I'm the other and like yeah. and then that turning into just like wanting to distance myself from my culture because I was like oh being Mexican means being uh, broke and, and, yeah, yeah. and dirty and being in jail or what mm-hmm. like, all those negative stereotypes yeah. that I was just like I have to I, I can't be Mexican if I want to have the American dream mm. is what I started yeah. to that what it turned into and so similarly yeah growing up around a lot of white friends that oh you know cracking really terrible jokes that I'm like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah cool like, right? thank you and then you yeah, feel like you can't respond because you're like oh wow well, you know I am different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, it's such a joke that people are just so used to that it's like, you don't really like. You don't even you register. Don't, exactly. Yeah. You don't yeah. even register it as being super offensive. And, did and you grow up around a lot of white folks? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so yeah. I, I mean, it's like, it was like, it was like a lot of white, I mean, in San Antonio, there was like a lot of Latino. And then like, I remember at my high school, there was like one other or two other Filipinos and they were like, oh, hey, do, you, do y'all know each other? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, yes, we do, but not because of <laughs> I know, we, don't, we don't hang out. Like, like oh, our families know each other. <laughs> but no. I had uh, the opposite experience. I, I grew up with a lot of Latinos and then when I went to college, I was like, whoa. Wow. You, yeah. So you went to Stanford? Stanford? Yeah. yeah, when I went to Stanford, I was, it was yeah, a, yeah. a lot of white people. I mean, it wasn't it only white people. It was like rich, like yeah, affluent children of Flint people, I was like tripping out. Yeah. Like, is it like the mascot, like a pine tree or something it like is. that? That's how fucking <laughs> That's how you know. obnoxious. No, I'm kidding. I love y'all. <laughs> Wait, it's a pine tree? It's, it's a like... tree. We're the trees. 
It was a joke. I don't know. <laughs> People are Wait, just really too smart tree? for their own good. Well, like the logo has like a tree on it or something. That's yeah. it. A redwood or something. A lot of our row houses have crazy names. Like I sit in a row house called Narnia. Like it's, Wait, what? Yeah. That's cool. No, that's cool though. Yeah, that is cool. That's it. I mean, I lo- I, the campus is beautiful. But the it's mascot gorgeous, is yeah. a tree? <laughs> I'm still, so, I'm, I'm tripping it out is, of this. I didn't even know that. It's a that's tree. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister like, is try so harder, you It's guys. a joke. Like, they had to all vote for something at some point, at some year. I don't know. I wasn't there. And oh. they all voted for a tree. This it's is like, like in, like, what, 1907 like, or something? Maybe. <laughs> 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 like a, Henceforth, Stanford will have a tree. The, the tree. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so it was different for, like, kind of transitioning. Oh, my God. Like. It was, uh, yeah, it was awful. I mean, <laughs> I was deeply depressed that first yeah. year because it was so shocking. So I can only imagine growing up around that your whole life and how it can then really fuck with your identity i know because i sat with this guy for four years to like you know translate that into chris yeah and we'll continue to translate that into him i hope we hope um but yeah no Uh. crazy (laughs) wait did we ever answer what the show's about yeah, you did. Yeah, you okay. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got like sidetracked really quickly. I don't Wait, know. How did, we really how did you two meet? Yeah, how did y'all? We met for the digital scene. We had never worked yeah. together before. Um, was it I, like uh, you got like matchmaker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so our matchmaker was uh, Francisco Velasquez from Project Involve and Film Independent. Mm-hmm. We both had done Project Involve, and Marvin had. I had just gotten out of it. Like I was yeah. in one of the recent years, mm-hmm. and so. Like, Macro was like, I was like, hey, I have an idea for a web series, like a kernel of an idea. And they're like, bring on a writer to help you. And I'm like, tight, let's do it. And mm-hmm. I reached out to Francisco. And like, I was like, hey, I need somebody. You know anybody good? And he sent me Linda. Like, he's like, this one person that he sent me, he's like, you need to read her feature. Because she, she had just done the screenwriter's yeah, lab. Yeah, with the feature, yeah. And I read it, and I was like, yo, like, this is everything. I need to work with this person. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, like, uh that script made me cry it was just I had never it was everything I wanted to see I was like this is what I want to see on screen like, this is like the kind of stories that we need because that I was desperate yeah. to make you know and because I for a long time was like oh like a, a Latinx show would come out and I'm like oh this is going to be the thing like for a long time I was like I'm going to be the first I'm going to be the first and then one would come out and I'm like oh okay they already did it and then I would watch it and I'm like disappointed because I'm like ah that wasn't it that's not what I wanted to see yeah and so yeah so we met and we started writing together like yeah. we had one meeting and we like realized that we had very similar backgrounds not just our upbringings like first gen parents that were undocumented like low income, um, low income. like we also had um, very similar we had like film school education, like traditional mm-hmm. film, but we were both working in digital at the time. And uh. so we had, and that's a very specific like shorthand. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I had met with, a, before Linda, I had met with like some TV writers and I was like, they're not speaking my they're language. They're not getting it, yeah. They're not getting the like the scrappiness of it and how to like, you know, from digital, you kind of work back. Like, our jobs was to make shit go viral. And right. so like, we're working backwards a lot of the time, like trying to be like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the, you know, what's the end product? look like what's the link you're going to click click on and then how do i make the video how do i back up the video into it yeah. and so we just had a very similar language uh, um working in digital and we just hit the ground running with the show oh, and like cool. crafted i mean a lot and the first thing we did like i remember the first uh, time we sat down i was like all right so this is like what i started with this is what i like basically sold, told knack what we were going to do but like we're going to throw that out we're going to kind of start from scratch yeah, a little he's bit he's crazy he's wild <laughs> <laughs> this is our journey together it's, it's me getting used to Marvin and being like we're throwing it all out and then me being like okay but like some of it was good let's like yeah. bring this in like, like our whole journey this whole time but no we we trauma bonded over those four months, like we sat in this little coffee shop in on First Street in Boyle Heights and Primera Taza, and we wrote the whole thing there. Oh, and wow. we we did cheese for an hour. Cheese means gossip in yeah. Spanish for like an hour, 
before we started writing and just really like poured ourselves all onto the page. Because at first, you know, we had left digital. <clears throat> Like, I was fucking tired of doing par- Klingon parodies and shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah. I love all that, but I was over it. I you was were re- ready for something. I was there. ready to yeah. tell the stories I've been trying to tell yeah. for so long about my community. And, like, he came in with this vision of, like, I want to do something that's next level. I want to tell stories that are powerful. Yeah. It's a digital series, but, like, let's make each episode a short <laughs> film and a powerful short film. And I was like, that's t- what I want. Yeah. yeah, at the time, everybody was just trying to do BuzzFeed videos. Like, right. you know really cheap looking at one wall like you know like a solid background like it was just nobody was doing narrative so macro saying like we want to do elevated narrative series like short form digital series like I was like bet let's do Mm. that um, and so I was like, yo, like, so that's yeah. the, the opportunity that they gave us, and we were able to do it. We're able to, like, kind of meld, like, that background and narrative storytelling with our digital background and, like, kind of create something mm-hmm. yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Because so the intention was to make just a really good web series, like, something that felt like, like, festival worthy, but never were we talking about a TV series like that was a, a, a whole ass TV series some I think at some point somebody was like and maybe this will be a web series like you know like insecure and I was like okay sure 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 but I just want to make a good web series yeah. for me it felt like I had one festival uh, I had a short that did a, like my first festival run with and I felt like I got away with like you know convincing macro to let me do seven more shorts you know like that's yeah. really how we approached it I was like I was like this is yeah it's a web series but it's really like seven short films mm. um, and America became involved as we right as we were going into production, and then um, and then we cut a trailer. The, before I even cut episodes, we cut a trailer, and I was like, because we didn't have distribution for the digital series, which is why nobody's ever seen it, other mm-hmm. than like a few screenings that we had. Mm. And the trailer blew, blew up and had TV networks calling Macro, and like, yo, is this a show? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah give us a couple of weeks. <laughs> Marvin and Linda work up a pitch. Like, That's you got dope. two weeks to go, and then those two weeks turn into five months. Mm. And, well, yeah. well, it's like the, the show, you know, as the title suggests, is like about gentrification. But what is interesting about the show, it gives like such a nuanced argument and for and against it, yeah. which is so interesting to me because, you know, we, we always talk about gentrification, especially here in L.A. Right. In like the major cities, San Francisco, mm. New York and all, all these places. But, you know, how what what is your definition of gentrification? Wow. I mean, that specific tough, question tough has been question. Well, I mean, gentrification is, I mean, like, it's it's displacement. And, I mean, we approach the series very much looking at it for, as a gray area. And we have our opinions on what gentrification means to us. And I'll say it in a minute. Yeah. But just to preface it with, like, when we approach the series, we very much looked at it as, like, we are not going to judge anyone. Mm. Like, we've stated it to each other. We're not judging these characters. We're not judging this world. We're not assuming any answers. We're not assuming any answers because in our research yeah. over the years, we never found a clear answer. And we realized, like, they were not, we're not going to solve gentrification. Like, the people who've been on the ground trying to figure it out for years haven't. So there's no way we, as storytellers, who are just, you know, telling a story are going to do it. And we also saw, we got to meet so many people in the community and see how gray, you know, it wasn't black and white. It was very much, like, things were very complicated. Yeah. A lot of these mm-hmm. folks were family in a lot of ways because they'd grown up together in the community. Like, someone told us, like, we're all family who are just having a big fight right now and sometimes we don't get along and it's very public and people see it but we all love each other. Like, homie is, like, used to date homegirl over here mm-hmm. and I used to be best friends with him and all that. But for me and for, I think, for Marvin as well when it comes to gentrification, it's it's it can be violent yeah. displacement mm-hmm. of people and... Um, a lot of time, those people are the most vulnerable in the community. A lot of them are usually low income, undocumented, 
brown, mm-hmm. black. Like it's it's a very specific demographic that is targeted and, and doesn't have the often doesn't have the the same power to call like la- landlords out or officials right. or whoever it may be to really fight for their their home. And so for us, like wanting to put a face to what that looks like mm. so that we don't ignore it and then we don't say something like change just happens, which yeah. we hear a lot. And that's a hard thing to hear because it's, it's a phrase that allows us to ignore the most right. vulnerable. Exactly. It's, it's, bound to, like, exactly. it's bound to happen. Just, just yeah. let it happen. Yeah. But like the people who are, are going through it, like the violence of being removed from your home, yeah. mm. it's intense. And mm. like to to hear that, like I don't think – Basically, for us, it was a call to ask people, like, hey, sit down and, and watch this, and then just think about your impact and, and have the conversation and open up that, that mm-hmm. dialogue. Yeah, I think we didn't want to, like she said, uh, there's no judgment. We didn't assume any answer or take any sides in the show. We wanted to explore all of it, but I think to be able to start a conversation mm-hmm. around the issue, because because there are so many people that, like, for them, the, the issue is just only as deep as change just happens, and then that's it, and they move, go on about their day. I mean, I think when you put a face to it and you see the effects of it, especially those that are most at risk, the people that are like being displaced means sometimes going homeless and living in your yeah. car, not just like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, find another apartment right. like in a city like L.A. where it's like everything, fucking, yeah. yeah, everything is jacking keeps, up exactly, every single pr- it price. Keeps getting high, yeah. Um, and so we just we were like, no, like, you, you know, we wanted to put a face to it so that people are more considerate. I, I mean, I think, you know, to leave it to you to, like, think about it and, yeah, and, yeah. and then figure out how you want to be a better neighbor, you right, know? Right, right. That's like what, that's what good storytelling does. Right. It gives empathy right. or, like, yeah, creates right. empathy. Yeah, creates yeah. empathy, yeah. Puts a or some type of it. understanding or, you yeah. know, just seeing what the the impact that something like this has mm-hmm. on people. Um, so you mentioned Chris being um, the, the TV version of yourself, right. Marvin. Is there any other um, is there any other storyline or detail that you two particularly connected to? Yeah. Oh, wait. Every um, character is um, <laughs> every character is a big part of us in some way or another, some more than others. And yeah. I mean, like Linda can. Yeah. I mean, so gosh, so many. So Lydia and Eric's relationship is based on an ex relationship. Oh my! Mm. I should. I've said that already, huh? Yeah, exactly. I, we keep waiting. We're like, has he contacted you about that? I'm no. like, oh. <laughs> I've not heard. Um, oh, it's loosely based, so it does. You know, it didn't end up the same way. But mm. um, so that for me, that exploration of brown love was extremely important because I had. I felt like I had experienced a different type of relationship that is affected by you know structural like institutionalized racism and classism and all these things I felt affected the relationship that I had mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of times I think like for women of color we're always trying to save our men like we're often the ones like showing up and <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, Amanda's flying in my head shaking her head very vigorously yeah like I think that they're all like they're all dealing with a lot of historical trauma the way that we are as well and, and I think as women we're trying to show up for them but it's a struggle and I wanted to to explore that and then Marvin also was going through his own relationship at the time and then we mm-hmm. talked a lot about what that looks like him as a man as a brown man and mm-hmm. being kind of saved mm-hmm. and how to like show up and how to be a better partner and so we wanted to explore that with them so Lydia is loosely based on me like Stanford grad all that mm-hmm. stuff um, coming back to the community wanting to give back and then um, and then Eric is loosely based on like I said my ex my brother a few family members some of Marvin's family members yeah. mm-hmm. like the, 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 the homies in our families mm-hmm. the, homies the, the, the our guys families. are like they just they have such beautiful big hearts but like on the outside the people just assume they know who they are and mm-hmm. that they're just these you know they tend to be the afterthought or the black sheep or mm-hmm. the 
um, somebody they that expect you expect so little of you them. Expect, yeah, you expect like so I have little. family members who are brilliant. You see them, they look like cholitos, and you're and if you talk to them, you're like, oh shit, you're quoting William's Wordsworth to mm-hmm. me. Like you, they would people are gonna see that because they're not living in that environment right. the, yeah. way, the way that we are, mm-hmm. the way that we get to experience Point them. Grace. Subvert expectations, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and then Anna, I mean, it was always like a. a I feel hybrid. like for you, it, like you really leaned into that, like hybrid of like my sisters in there, yeah, her personality, um, for and sure. then. And also, I mean, her struggle with being the artist and trying to live her dream, but also be there for her community. Yeah, was right. like, art versus commerce kind right. of thing. It yeah. was everything we were going through yeah. making yeah. the show. And so we just put that conversation into her story. Mm, that, yeah, beautiful. her story is just so like, yeah. you're just like, oh yeah. Um, okay, so before we wrap, um, we like to ask. Oh my God, we're already yeah, we're done. done. We're, 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 <laughs> we I know we have we're such talking a good conversation. Him. No, this it was such a great conversation. We could continue. Um, we could. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just keep going. Yeah. Um, so, but what's next for you guys? Was there anything you guys can talk about, like upcoming projects or anything? Can you talk about any of these? Can you talk about it? You know, we are deadline, so I mean, we have yeah. to break something. I know. Or else we won't publish this. I'm like, this is the wrong podcast <laughs> to me. Yeah. Should we talk about that? No? Well, you don't I have to. You, if, if you, you don't have to. If you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. We, can, we can get the I story later. I have two later. very exciting projects that I think should be announced in the next few months. Okay. okay. Um, that They're I heard. really exciting okay. projects. Marvel movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Marvel, come call. Call us. We make things happen on this podcast. Listen. Get the people to show up. Marvin and Linda want to do the white things. <laughs> yes. Once, once they start sending me white yeah, projects, I know I've made it. Honestly, <laughs> you know. That's how you know you made it. That's like, you're how you a know. Movie. No. But yeah. Linda I mean, and I want to write. What we really want, we want to do like, we want two things. We want to do our rom-com. Yeah. And then we want it because we love features. Like we, the web series was just us like trying to get to the features mm. in the feature space, and then we ended up with a TV show. It's wild. Yeah. Um, a a rom com, and then our super bad. Those, those yeah. are like the two. We, we, we both love super, super bad. bad slash books. We both love Juno and super bad. Those two are like references that we really love. Oh, a lot. love yeah. that, love that. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> Okay, so we, we like to end our uh, interviews with this thing we call the facts, or the, the FAQs, um, the facts. Oh. <laughs> I like the it. Facts. <laughs> There's sort of random questions. Some are related to, obviously, your project. So the first question is, the show centers around Pop's restaurant. Mm-hmm. If you could only eat at one Mexican restaurant for the remainder of your time on this oh earth, God. where oh, would it shit. be? <laughs> that's a strong question. Yes, you know what? Okay. That is a divisive <laughs> question. It's very divisive. Actually, what it, it, it's yeah. also like, I want to know. If it's, yeah. LA, I, if it's in L.A. Yeah, I haven't found a good. I haven't found a good. My answer is going to be controversial. What? Okay. Oh my god. Oh. Chili's. <laughs> that would be hella controversial. I would smack his face. It's because I live on the west side, and in mm. my spot that I go to all the time, this is why it's controversial. It's Kogi. Okay. Like, oh, which is technically yeah. it's I fusion. Live, wait, I live next to Kogi. You live next to yeah. the Kogi. I live in in, in Culver, me too. and so I go oh to Kogi. Let's go together. Let's go. We'll meet <laughs> up for lunch. Honest, I didn't like it that much. Oh, what? Oh, thank I, you. No, no, no. I obsess over okay, Kogi. I'm gonna okay, try guys, it remember, like food. remember that he, that Chris is based on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, just okay, saying. Okay. That's fine. That okay, one's hard. You know, for me, for Mexican food, I am very particular about particular dishes from different restaurants. Like, I like my chilaquiles burritos from Taco Rico. I like mm. my well, my enchiladas are only my mommy's. That's mm. the only good. There's no one makes good enchiladas. Mm. Only my mom. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say my mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's my mom's enchilada or my tequeta. Like I, I 
There's no one Mexican restaurant that doesn't no. But I will we say, what did what come to mind. What about El Coyote? You know, there's a fusion place in Linwood called Balam that's really amazing. Have you been there? Have you taken no. you there? We it's go. a it's like a kind of a hipster situation, but <laughs> no, don't try to save yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. Because well, I'm like, oh, I want to plug them. El Chino, El in I think it's in Bell. It's like it's it's a Vicha spot. They are so fucking good. It's crazy, but I haven't been there. That's near my head. I should go. Coraloense. I think it's in Bell, somewhere in South LA. Or Southgate? No, Southgate Bell. Okay. One of those. One of those. Okay, we'll, check we'll it go, out. We'll go. So okay. Um, what was your first concert? Oh my god! What was my first concert? My first concert. Well, I grew up. My mom was in radio, so I grew up mm. in. Like, was it corn? <laughs> <laughs> it was not corn. I never saw corn live. Saw, no, I didn't see some of Down, but I saw Serge Tanking when he was doing his solo project. Anyways, um, <laughs> anywho, my first concert. I think it was like some random little like at the park in Bakersfield. Like my, mo- I started going to things like that at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who was performing. Well, I'm I don't sorry. remember my first concert, but I'll shout out the Janet Jackson one I went hey. to a few years ago. Which one was it? Oh, in it Vegas? Was, it was the one in I, Vegas I haven't gotten yeah. to go to any Vegas ones, yeah. but I but I went to, if she was touring, it was San Diego. Oh, I forget I which tour it was. It was her she most recent tour. Yeah. Oh, she of does. She does. And I, like, I, I like kick myself that I never went to the Red Vel- uh, Velvet Rope to Red Velvet Cake tour. <laughs> 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 I want to go to that. Wait, I want to go to that tour, please. I always wanted to be a backup dancer for her since childhood. I know the all for you Team. Yes! <laughs> oh my yes! god, yes! I want to see that on I the podcast. Me and you, Dino, we're going to be so doing that. Do you guys remember I'm that down. video? I get so lonely. When, oh, I oh. have a question. During the climax of that, she busts open. Yes, I don't remember it at all. No. But I'm going to go watch it. It's very everything. She is, she is. Okay, I'm going to have to skip to the last question because I think we're running time. So, what is one talent you wish you had? Singing. Yes, that's oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, because I love singing, but I wish I was good at it. Damn. I, okay, I'll say singing too, but I feel like it's something science-y. Like, I, I want to be, like, a you brilliant, do, like, a brilliant at calculus. I always wanted to be oh, an astronaut yeah. when I was little. Me too. And then I found out, like, astronomy has numbers involved, and I was <laughs> and like, like, fuck that. Fuck it. <laughs> no, you said dancing. No, dancing. Dancing. No, I'm gonna work on that. I can get there. Singing, <laughs> I can't learn. Singing and dancing. That yeah. could be a combo. No, deal. I can learn dancing. You I can learn. Yeah. I'm working on it, you but can I can't learn singing. Dancer. Yeah, you can learn how to be a decent. Yeah. Dancer. Never I mind. Dance. I, I I'm sticking by singing. Then. You can learn how to there are some that. people who are just not mm. born to dance. To dance. <laughs> I was just at a concert. and I saw somebody. I was just like, they are so <laughs> offbeat. I cannot. You know what? Are you listening to this? Are your ears plugged? What is going on? Um, and then we ask this to all of our, our guests. Is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, producer, writer, um, you know, creator, that is not in the mainstream that you want to give shine to? Ooh, uh, that's a great wow. question. There's a bunch of talented people on Hensify. There's you know, so you know. many. Who do we shout out? Oh, my God. Everyone. I feel like if I shout out one, I'm going to be sad that I don't <laughs> shout out others. I do want to... So this might be a little bit of a sad note. I was about to say the oh, same thing. Yeah. We're uh, on the yeah. same page already. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whenever our, our writer's assistant who co-wrote episode nine, Camila yeah. Maria Concepcion, passed away recently, and she, we adored her, and she was such a light, and she was so talented, and she was trans-Latina, who was telling, like, epic stories that, yeah. like, needed to be told. And I feel like after her passing, it really, for me, felt like we need to really lift up as many trans people of color mm. voices yeah. as we can to tell those stories and bring yeah, them to the mainstream. She was, and she was like my favorite writer. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was so... She was powerful. But like all of our writers, Ariel Diaz, I mean, this Not in the room. I mean like her In the world? Okay, voice. I was like, let's call everyone else. You're gonna get no, in trouble. Her work was just so... She was powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And I was, she was gonna be... 
We love she was going to be everything. We're still morning about yeah. it, but like we just, you know, I, I think because of that, it makes me realize like we need to, we need to support our creators who right. are out there who have bigger obstacles than mm. some yeah. of us who yes. have more more thing more walls to knock down than some of the some of us mm. completely here, yeah. so. agree oh my god well, that kind of gave me chills yeah no me too but that was a that was a great way to end it i yeah. think that was beautiful yeah. thank you guys so much thank for you being here. you had that so much fun amazing. yeah yes. this was great thank you guys come back when you make your rock <laughs> <laughs> would love to would love it thank <laughs> you Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.